Here's an urgent alert from the Student Loan Hotline. The average student loan debt is $25,000. Have you been out of college for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? If you are struggling with paying off your student loan, if you are past due, we can help. Nationwide Student Loan Relief can now restructure your student loans. We can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop harassing collection calls, and even eliminate your student loan payment. If you can't afford your student loans, or if you're past due and you need help, you must call right now. We will restructure your loan or your money back, and that's a guarantee. So call the Student Loan Hotline right now. You're listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Now, today we do have a guest. Yes, we do. We have one of my good friends who's also worked in broadcasting many, many years. Started off as a newsman and then got into sports uh, in his mid-30s and has been doing sports in the Bay Area with uh, KCBS for most of that time, the last 20 some odd years. Uh, Steve Bicker, who also had done uh, some play-by-play with the Oakland A's, big baseball guy, and we're going to talk some baseball with Steve, the upcoming World Series. All right. Uh, definitely we'll also talk about some Giants-Dodgers rivalries because uh, yeah. he uh, he apparently was wearing a Dodgers t-shirt. Oh, that's right, at work. It's in the Card- San Francisco Bay Area. Cardinal sin. That's, uh, that's taking uh, matters in your own hands. Well, here in the Bay Area, they, they hate... Hatred for the Dodgers and all things that are Dodger blue is, is very high. In L.A., I don't think they care as much. And maybe it's yeah, because it's, up until recently the Giants didn't win any World Series. And then once the Giants won a couple, now things may have changed a bit. But also, I think for some reason L.A. seems to get distracted with other things like the beach and, and, and Hollywood LA's, and all that stuff. Yeah, there are some hardcore fans down there, but L.A., generally speaking, has a more of a distra- distracted audience. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we'll also talk about the upcoming Dodgers-Astros World Series which will be interesting. And also we'll uh, talk about the Suns firing Coach Watson after only three games. Strange, Very doings. strange. Yeah. This segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, still providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding over 7.5% secured by real estate at very conservative loan-to-values. In fact, their fund uh, is only uh, got about a 56% loan-to-value, wow. which is very, very conservative for yeah. a fund. Uh, and it's unleveraged, too, oh, wow. so they don't okay. use any debt. So it doesn't get any more conservative than that. You want to check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. And again, when we come back, Steve Bitker from KCBS is going to be joining us uh, on the phone. And we're going to talk base, mostly baseball with him. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Sports Econ 101, and we'll be right back. This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? 
Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at pacificprivatemoney.com. You know those energy drinks that either taste nasty or have too much sugar and you crash afterwards? Let me tell you about Go Girl. Personally, I love their original sugar-free drink. Yeah, I'm a guy, but it's one of the few drinks i found that give me energy, have no sugar, and the best part, it tastes great. Only 5 calories per can. Most grocery stores carry it. And oh, by the way, it's not expensive. That's Go Girl Energy Drink. Driven Raceway. It's family fun for all ages. European indoor go-kart racing with speeds up to 45 miles an hour. Open seven days a week in Runner Park and Fairfield. Driven Raceway is perfect for holiday fun and gifts. So lead the pack at Driven Raceway with go-kart racing, private party rooms for special events, birthday parties, great weekly specials, and lots more. Perfect for all your family fun. It's Driven Raceway with two locations, Runner Park and Fairfield. Driven Raceway, the extreme experience. You have a job to fill. You post your opening to dozens of online job sites and receive 600 resumes, which you barely have time to eyeball and settle on someone good on paper. In real life, they aren't. You train, retrain, correct, redo, admit defeat, start all over again. Robert Half is the better way to find top talent quickly. Robert Half interviews and custom matches applicants to your exact requirements. Satisfaction guaranteed. Robert Half, the experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Visit roberthalf.com slash If you suffer from back pain, joint pain, arthritis, or other chronic pain, you need to try the water therapy benefits that Avantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath provides. Not only does Avantage Walk-In Bath help get you in and out of the tub safely, it is proven to be beneficial to relieve aches and pains, giving you the relief to enjoy your day. You can enjoy taking your new bath and rejuvenating your body in as little as seven days. And if you call today and ask for the radio special, we'll give you a 15 hundred dollar coupon towards the purchase of a new vantage walk-in bath every call in the next 10 minutes will receive a fifteen hundred dollar coupon towards the purchase of a new vantage walk-in bath your aches and pains can be washed away call right now for a risk-free quote 800-552-6851 800-552-6851 that's 800-552-6851 Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, who's on the phone? Good friend of mine and a longtime Bay Area broadcaster, Hall of Fame broadcaster, as a matter of fact, uh, morning sports drive anchor Steve Bidker from KCBS. Also did a number of years on the radio with the Oakland A's, and Steve, like the rest of us, a very interested spectator. In the upcoming World Series, which uh, is going to feature Houston and, and the Dodgers, and Steve, uh, we were sort of kidding about this uh, back and forth uh, via text the other day about how the Dodgers and Houston, it sounds like the National League Championship Series. I still can't get my head around the fact that these two teams play in different leagues. I know. You know, you rarely ever see anything like that in, in any kind of professional sport, but uh, the Astros... I believe played in the National League Central. Is that correct? Before moving to the American League West, that is correct. Yeah, it needs to be in the in the West a long and, time and ago. In the West, a long time ago with the Giants. And yeah. the, the, well, the, from the from a sports standpoint, uh, the Seahawks used to be in the American, right? right? Yeah. And they changed the yeah. National. And Milwaukee also yeah, switched Milwaukee. leagues. But it is kind of strange. I think Houston has always sort of lacked an identity with, with baseball, and maybe this new Astros team. I don't know. 
uh, with all the, the talent and the youth and the enthusiasm has given them an identity. I mean, it's certainly been great for the city in light of what happened with that uh, hurricane disaster. Yeah. yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, there's you know there's there's a lot of reasons for rooting for the Astros or rooting for the Dodgers if you're not uh, you know a longtime fan of either team. I mean, for me, uh, part of me roots for the Dodgers because I like to see excellence rewarded, and the Dodgers were the best team in the major leagues throughout most of the season and won the most games, and they haven't won a World Series in so long since '88. And you can't find two better guys in the game than Dave Roberts, the manager, and uh, Clayton Kershaw. Uh, the best pitcher in the game, and it would be nice to see them rewarded. And then on the other hand, you got the Astros that are a great feel-good story, especially in light of what, what happened to the city with the flooding. And the Astros have only been in one World Series, and they lost that one in four straight to the White Sox in 05. And Houston's got so many great, exciting young players. So I'm hoping it's a good series. I'll be happy with whichever team wins. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, especially, you know, the Dodgers. They had a huge payroll, and they, they, they kept getting close for the last few years, and then they just couldn't get to the championship series. Yeah, you know, and as far as the payroll goes, I mean, I know the Dodgers sometimes get ridiculed, especially by Giants fans, because they spend so much money and they still haven't won a World Series. But the Giants... <laughs> They're they're not exactly on the cheap, you know. No, no, no. They're no. one of the top, you know. Are they one of the top five? One of the top. I, th- five I think they're in the top five or six. Baseball, yeah. so. but, but they've but they have won, you know, the, the, the series yeah. three out of yeah. six in five years. But you know, the um, crazy thing is, is the Dodgers keep winning division titles. Yes. But I mean, yeah. two of the three Giants uh, World Series title teams came from wild card teams. So you, yeah. I mean, it, it, everything changes obviously in 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 the postseason, and uh, the team that's the best during the regular season not only uh, often doesn't win the whole thing, but usually doesn't win the whole thing. Well, the interesting thing, too, is they've done it without Adrian Gonzalez. Yeah, well, Adrian's not the player he used to be. And uh, it ended up working out well for the Dodgers because Cody Bellinger ended up taking over at first base. And he's not only had a fabulous year at the plate, but he's he's an excellent defensive first baseman as well. You know, it's interesting. I was uh, reading a little bit here that uh, this is the first time since 1970 that two teams that have won 100 games are, are going to meet in the World Series. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah, and not only that, they're both you know division championship teams. Again, I'm one of those uh, old-fashioned guys that likes to see excellence rewarded. Uh, part of me doesn't like it when wild-card teams win because they, they didn't even win their divisions. And that's really the toughest thing to do in baseball. And so it's great to see two division champs and both, uh, as you said, Edward, that won 100-plus games competing. That's that's marvelous. Yeah, I, I can't believe that Jose Altuve, you know, what is he, uh, five foot nothing? And he, he reminds me of Kirby Puckett with that power. I love I love Altuve because he's one of the few guys in the majors I can look down on. When yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bruce looks down on everything. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Uh, Not me. Well, you know, it's interesting. He reminds me a little bit in some respects of Joe Morgan. He's the guy that yes. sort of sparks that team. Yeah. He provides the energy. He is an overachiever, no question. Well, I shouldn't say that. That's an unfair thing to say. Yeah. He's a great athlete. I mean, yeah. you watch the guy. You can tell this guy is just a great athlete. But he is the guy that has been there from the start when this team, we forget that four or five years ago, this was the worst team in baseball. Yeah. They yeah. were a joke. They were the worst. And, and yeah. what about the Bregman, the third baseman? Man, is he's almost like, I, won't, I won't put him in the class of Brooks Robinson yet, but boy, he's been making some fantastic plays. Oh my gosh, that throw to the plate, and yeah. a play by McCann at the plate in the seventh and deciding game. And Bregman, you know, had an excellent uh, regular season as well. He hit for power and he, and he stole bases and hit for average. And uh, it's just a marvelous lineup uh, from top to bottom, Houston Scott. Well, they did it the right way, too. They built from the bottom. And I remember Sports Illustrated, I think, in 2013 had a cover, or maybe it was 2014, oh, yeah. saying. Uh-huh. 
this this Houston club could be in the World Series in 2017, and lo and behold, here we yeah. are. I think SI is praying that Houston wins it because uh, <laughs> yeah. so much talk about the covered jinx. You know, this, oh, that's right. this would be an amazing cover success story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting too if, when you look at the uh, batting averages. There, uh, except for what Altuve and Carrera, the, you know, Correa, that ha- hardly anybody's hitting anything. Yeah, I mean, small sample postseason. Of course, you look at the regular season, and virtually sure. everybody hits and hits for power, with the exception maybe of uh, McCann behind the plate. Yeah, I guess. I guess my point was the fact that they beat they beat the Yankees to get in. Yeah, you know, and a lot, I mean, I was just making more of a comparison. Of course, the Yankees uh, didn't really uh, have a good batting average either, especially on the road. Well, they were one yeah. and seven, one and seven on the road. Hey, one guy I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about, and I don't know if we, you know, you know him that well, but he did go to Stanford. He did, I believe, played for the A's back in the day briefly. Was A.J. Hinch, who was not a bad player, but a terrific college player, but he seems like the calm, steady hand behind the scenes with this team. Yeah, what what do you make of A.J. Hinch, and is he he on the cusp of being maybe one of the great games uh, managers? I think he certainly can be, Bruce. I, uh, you know, back in the day when A.J. was drafted out of Stanford by the A's and came up through their system, you know, that was back in the day when I used to go to spring training every single year. And I remember uh, meeting A.J. Hinch in spring training and just thoroughly taking a liking to him. He's a he's a really bright guy, as you would expect out of a Stanford kid. Uh, very well-spoken, uh, very expressive. And uh, so I would look forward to interviewing him each season as he climbed the ladder in the A's minor league system. Uh, didn't have the major league career as a hitter that he, as a regular, you know, as a, as a player that he, that he wanted to have. But uh, and then he had that run with Arizona as a manager that didn't work out well. So it's great to see him having success with Houston. I think he really had to prove himself. I mean, when you come up and you, you're not a big-time major league player and then suddenly without any minor league managing experience you get that major league job, a lot of a lot of players are looking at you with uh, you know with sort of suspect eyes. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Work out how, well in Arizona, but they certainly have in Houston, and all the players love them. Yeah, it's it's amazing how uh, how many catchers you know become the coaches. That's a thinking man's position, and we've yeah. seen you know whether it's Mike Sosha or Joe Torre. Yeah, really think about yeah. Yogi. the roles they play. You can't have any you know dumbasses behind that. <laughs> <laughs> well they're the toughest uh, mentally physically they uh, usually are and the game spreads out right in front of them so they literally see everything that's going on and they yeah. they're kind of the quarterbacks really and i guess sure. it's it's you know a guy like a joe torrey or a mike Sosha, they seem almost when you talk to those guys and i'm sure you've talked as you mentioned you talked to hinch it's almost like they're the eye on the calm of the storm yeah. it's yeah. Uh, that's what you want to have well he's very i, I mean i Watching this whole series, I didn't see AJ get upset at all. No, he, you know, he very even tempered, very stoic. Very, yeah. Kind of reminds me of Hal Lanier, who used to manage back in in the nineteen eighties, the former Giant, who who did a good job getting his team in. How about the on the other side? You mentioned Dave Roberts. We we got to know him quite well with the Giants. Sure. Very personable guy. Uh, I believe. He, I mean, did he grow up in Japan or he play, His one of his parents is Japanese, I believe. Isn't it his mom? His dad is. Uh, I think was an American serviceman, a GI. Uh-huh. They met in Okinawa. And uh, his mom is Japanese. And wow. uh, when you look at Dave, you know, you can see him as a uh, as a black American, and you can also see uh, the Japanese side of him as well. And uh, he's a fascinating guy to talk to, to talk about his Japanese roots and uh, just about his baseball career. And, of course, he has the most... Uh, the most uh, famous stolen base in uh, postseason baseball oh, yeah. history. That's I right. mean, it's amazing. He can go into any restaurant in Boston and never pay for a meal, <laughs> and he never had a single at bat in that series. That's right. He, sa- he saved the day in that, in that uh, fourth game, and that started the rally, and the, and the Red Sox uh, exactly. 
exactly. you know, came from behind and beat the Yankees and won funny for, won for, all. For, for just a stolen base. Yeah, that started it <laughs> off. And one little one little step yeah. is what it took. All right, guys, we're going to go to our uh, commercial break here. Here's our first trivia question. I decided to make them fairly easy this time. All right. B- just just, just for my sake, Just right? for your sake. Yeah, exactly. not, not for Steve's sake. <laughs> okay. All right. Who was the shortest player ever to play in the NBA? Good question. Good, right? That's, right. That, yeah, that's, yeah. I know you'll know the player. Should All, right. All uh, right. So that's our trivia question. Uh, email edward at sportsecon101.com. The answer to that question. Let's see if you're the first caller, or excuse me, the first email with the correct answer. Again, here's our trivia question. Who was the shortest player ever to play in the NBA? And see if you can guess his height. Hmm. Okay. Right. Sounds right. good. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101. I'll be right back. Results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. They can take your property, take you to court, even put you in jail. One call to Wall and Associates and your tax problems are solved. Wall has saved clients over $150 million in the last five years. Our average client settles for about 10% of what is owed. With one call to Wall, you'll never need to talk to the IRS again. We offer free face-to-face consultations in your local area. Remember, Wall has a proven track record with a total client savings over $150 million. Call now for your free face-to-face consultation. 800-813-9940. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. 2313. That's 800 2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure. 
foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. First trivia question was, who was the shortest player ever to play in the NBA? I'm going to let Steve answer it, but I think I know. Steve, well, you want to take a no, shot? I haven't thought much about it, but I'm just going to throw out a name and guess Muggsy Bogues. That is correct. I was going to say 5'3". Uh, but they, it's somewhere between 5'2 to 5'3". Wow. Yeah, yeah, he was an amazing little player. He could always find that that little – he could worm his way in between the big guys and find between the shot. Between the legs. Well, you know. Well, Bruce when, and Edward, when he, when he played briefly with the Warriors, he lived in Alameda. And there was one day, I swear, I'm walking one of my daughters over to our local ice cream parlor – and this guy, this muscular little man, walked in in front of us with a uh, an attractive young woman who towered over him. And I just thought, wow, that's an interesting-looking couple. And, of course, it was Muggsy. Yeah. <laughs> Muggsy Pogues. <laughs> and Sp- how, Spud was, what, Spud five, Webb five? was about 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, yeah. Five, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Spud was... could dunk. Yeah, I don't think could. Muggsy could dunk. Yeah. No. I liked, I loved it when Muggsy – I think, wasn't Muggsy on the same team with Minute for a couple of years? Or were they, they probably, did... Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah Minute Bolas. Earl, Earl Boykins. Uh, yeah. Earl Boykins is a good name. Yeah. Yeah. There's another guy. There's <laughs> another guy. Well, we were talking so much about the Astros, and we, we've kind of overlooked the Dodgers, and you, and you mentioned about Bellinger. And, you know, the Dodgers, we forget uh, they have some established talent, great pitching, but uh, some of these young players they have are going to be around a long time, whether it's uh, Bellinger or the shortstop. I mean, they, they've got yeah. some guys that uh, look like they're going to be around five, six, now, seven how, years. How old is Justin Turner? That's a good question. He's I think he's in, his, he's in his late 20s, late I believe, 20s? isn't he, Bitt? He's, he's, he's too. Yeah, I mean, he's been incredible. Nobody beast. would do what he's done. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, one of my best friends, probably my best friend from college days, a Southern California native, and he texted me the other day and he said, you know, the Dodgers lineup, you know, top to bottom is intimidating. And I, thought, and I came back and I said, I wouldn't put it in those words. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I know this tremendous success, you know, and then he came back and said, you know, Austin Barnes, you're telling me he's not intimidating? Look at his numbers. And then I came back and said, well... You know, he played, what, he got 200 at-bats, he's got eight home runs, he's hitting 289. That's not intimidating no, uh-uh. in terms of how I define intimidating. But, you know, he's a great situational hitter, and he, he produces like so many guys do. I mean, other than Seeger and Bellinger, I wouldn't call anybody in their lineup, well, Turner, too, you know, exactly intimidating, especially compared to Houston's lineup. But uh, the Dodgers, they, they just get the job done. I mean... And the pitching is so much of it. And the, you mentioned postseason numbers. I mean, they're, they got a two two eight ERA and an opponent's batting average of one sixty nine in the postseason <laughs> compared to the Astros three seventy nine and two thirty six. So, wow. I mean, statistically, you'd have to, I would rate the Dodgers the favorite. Yeah. But on the yeah. other hand, if the Astros won it, I wouldn't be surprised. No, I, th- I think the Dodgers will win it uh, yeah. this time. But you know, it's funny. Think about intimidating. I can't remember who used to say that Willie McCovey. It used to be the scariest thing pitching to him because it his, it, he, you know, when he hit it, it just rocketed back right. to you. That's a good name. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. The Dodgers remind me, Steve, when we're talking to Steve Bicker of KCBS Radio in San Francisco, the Dodgers kind of remind me up until recently of some of those great giant teams of the 1960s. A lot of hitting, some pretty good front-line pitching, but not deep enough. But now they've added to that pitching staff, and that pitching today – um, you know, is right up there. Clayton Kershaw, you mentioned, uh, you, you sort of alluded to the fact that he's a good guy. You know, you and I, because we're at these games, we get to know these players a little bit. We, we end up rooting for players, and, and Kershaw's a guy you, you kind of root for just because he is a good guy. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, and you mentioned the Dodgers, you know, pitching, and of course, Rich Hill has done well for them. Hugh Darvish has been a great addition. But the part of their pitching staff that really shocks me 
is how good their relief pitching is, is yeah. become. Because yeah. for years we've looked at the Dodger relief pitching as being their big Achilles, yeah. other than Jansen. And and now they have so many guys that lead up to Jansen that have been so solid, and that's been a remarkable turnaround for them. Yeah, yep. A lot of fun to watch them, though, this year. And I know Giant fans up here in the Bay Area are really upset about it. But I think it's good for the West Coast. I think it's good for the National League to have the Dodgers in there just because it's an identifiable franchise with with a great history. And, you know, when you think about it in terms of television ratings, I hate to always bring that up, but that's an important consideration. Baseball needs to get a, as many eyeballs as, as possible on this World Series to sort of, you know, pump up the, the excitement again. Bruce, you'll get a kick out of this that uh, Tim Ryan, one of our news reporters here at KCBS, he came up to me this morning and he said, you better not be wearing a Dodgers shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I unbuttoned my button-down shirt and I got a Dodgers t-shirt. Oh. And he goes, why do you do that? And I said, I do it just to annoy You guys take this rivalry way too yeah. well, When I was uh, down in L.A. a few years ago uh, visiting my son, uh, I was looking for a, um, uh, a visor. Because uh, I didn't want to wear a regular hat, and the only hat, I, the only visor I could find down there was one that said, you know, L.A. for spring training. So what I did was I, I, I bought it, and then I took a black marker and I just put a big X through the L.A. <laughs> I figured if I was going to wear it in any Giants games, you know. Well, it's funny. To... We all grew up at a time where the Giant-Dodger rivalry, and it still is. It's very good. But, I mean, back in the 60s where the games were sort of – they were more a part of your imagination. The games were on the radio. You didn't go to that many games. You didn't see that many games on television. You read about in the paper. You listened to Russ Hodges and Lon Simmons or Vince Scully. And there was something almost mythical about baseball. Maybe it was because of the age we lived in, our own ages at the time. But it just seems that uh, it's not gone away by any means, but it's just a lot different well, today. Well, isn't partly, it? I, th- I think it's because it, if you ask the players, they actually did not like the other team. Mm. I mean, now it seems like it's kind of yeah, it's like kumbaya, everybody gets along. No. And, and you, can't, you, you can't run out of the dugout. Right, I mean, you know, for for the fights. I mean, it still happens once in a while, but there's a lot more penalties. Well, part of it also is that guys uh, they change teams all the time now. Good yeah. point. That's a back, that's back a really then good they point. didn't. Um, yeah. The Giant Dodger rivalry when Bruce and I were growing up here in the '60s was so intense and so oh, yeah. and you didn't yeah. fraternize with guys on the other team. And in fact, I remember interviewing Valmy Thomas, a native of Saint Croix in the Virgin Islands, who was the Giants' first catcher in their maiden season of 1958 and he was talking about the rivalry and he said when he played for the new york giants he said the players all knew riding the bus into brooklyn as soon as you crossed the bridge into brooklyn the first thing you did was duck <laughs> wow. I mean, I could see and understand, you know, the Yankees, yeah. Dodgers, but my, my dad was a big Well, it was uh, because Brooklyn you played, Dodgers. in those days, they played each other 22 times. This is yeah. back in the day, you know, before oh. they moved out here. And even then, uh, moving out to the West Coast, they played a lot. I remember talking to Maury Wills years ago, and he, he said the same thing. We were having, having a nice chat at the very end. I said, Maury, I have to tell you, I grew up in the Bay Area, yeah, and, hate and I hated him. you. Yeah. And he goes, geez, you seem like such a nice guy. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm walking away. He just, he kind of laughed Oh, I know. Away. You know. He was one of those guys we hated. Yeah, uh, but, but, you know. but he, was, he was, have you ever talked to Maury Wills? By the way, Ben, he never he, talked to him. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was a. Who are some of your favorite uh, personalities, though, that you've run into over the years on the Dodgers? You have any particular ones? Uh, if you're having any any, any uh, um, interludes, I with... I would have to really think a lot yeah. about that. But I do remember as a kid, I um, even though I was a huge Giants fan growing up, I still really liked 
a lot of the Dodger players. I just thought they were really classy and fun well, to Sandy, watch. Sandy folk, and one of them was Willie Davis. Willie Davis. Yes. Yeah, about, yeah, I mean, Davis. Willie Davis was so stylish and everything. Yeah. Yeah, just walking up the home plate, he was stylish. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, Steve wrote a book about the 1958 Giants, the original Giants, and you spent a lot of time. I think you took uh, you know about six months off to write that book, and you spent time with these players in their hometowns, really sitting down and, and drawing them out. Hmm. And some of the stories you, you told, or they told, that you got them to tell, uh, had a lot to do with that rivalry. And you mentioned Valmy Thomas. Uh, you know, there really was kind of, uh, it was like the Hatfields and McCoys back in those days. So it was a lot of fun yeah, for the was, players. It was, it was so different. Um, yeah, I, I took what I did was, I actually worked on that for five years. Wow. And I took three months off of my full-time job to meet the publisher's deadline. So, during those three months, I actually felt like a full-time author, and I loved it. And it was uh, how, did, how did your wife feel? <laughs> well, she was probably I, happy to have him home. Uh, yeah, well, right. She was totally uh, respectful of uh, what I was. Oh, that's good. I was trying to get finished, and she worked, so we were okay. We were fine. Yeah, she. We all thought it was a great experience from top to bottom. Well, that was uh, you know, and, and the thing about baseball, it does. Uh, unlike the other sports, you have time to think about those memories and the personalities. And you know, nowadays we're talking about Justin Turner with the crazy red hair and the beard, and or Dallas Keuchel, or you know, Jose Altuve, the little spark plug. I mean, the, the great thing about baseball is you have these characters for uh, that are so varied in their personality types, their physical styles, the their backgrounds. It just seems like it's almost unlike the other sports in in many regards. Yeah. I mean, yeah, how can they? How could people in Houston know? How can they boo Aaron Judge? I know it, you know it's the other team. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a sign, of, sign of respect, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't Ho- know. Hopefully, he takes that way. And with the rivalries, all you have to do is just give one Marichal a bat. <laughs> <laughs> well, any predictions on this series? I mean, we all seem to think that the Dodgers have the uh, inside track. I think everybody's in agreement that they're probably going to win this thing in six. But uh, what is Houston going to have to do to pull it off? Outscore the other team. <laughs> Pretty simple. <laughs> That's yeah. like my dad. I used to ask him, why did the stock market go up? Because, well, there's more buyers and sellers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All very simple. Yeah. Got to execute. I mean, I would pick the Dodgers, but, again, I wouldn't be surprised if – if the Astros win it, and I'm happy either way. I just want a good series. I think, I don't think it's as much who's going to win. It's who's going to lose it. Because uh, you, you, know, you got two good teams, you got good pitching. You know, it's it's. I it's hope it doesn't come down to that. I'd hate no, to I see another Bill Buckner moment. That's just oh, uh, oof. That's good. Hey, listen, Bit. Thanks so much for yeah, joining us. You. Really appreciate you taking the time out of a busy morning, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Bruce Edward, my yep. pleasure. Talk Th- to you guys thanks later. very much. All right, okay, that's bye-bye. Steve Bidker of uh, KCBS Radio in San Francisco, longtime morning sports drive. He's been there since 1991, and he also uh, was a play-by-play voice with the Oakland A's for about uh, off and on for about 10 years. Oh, so he's a baseball guy through and through. Very cool. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to go to our next trivia question here. <clears throat> Where did the sport of curling? Originate. Oh, good question. And if you can give me the century, I'll be impressed. Uh, <laughs> God, I'm ready. So you know what curling is, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. You got the little brooms and the stone yeah, and yeah, yeah. across the ice yeah. and all that stuff. Okay, so that's our trivia question. Uh, email edward at sportsecon101.com the answer to this question. But you got to be a real sports nut to get this one. Boy, I bet. Where did the sport of curling originate? Uh-huh. All right. And when we come back, we want to cover a couple of things. The uh, Suns fire Coach Watson after only three games. Three games. games. Something's going on there. I mean, uh, is that a record? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they got they lost one game by something. I think it was the worst loss in franchise yeah. history. It was opening night to Portland. They lost by 48, 48 points. 48 then they points, lost yeah. a game where Lonzo Ball went off in his second game in the NBA and had a triple-double, and they lost by two. 
I think they panicked um, by firing the guy. I don't think yeah. I got, you got to give the guy at least you know at least half a season. Sure, but there must have been something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. We're not privy to. Well, he got uh, canned after the tweet by uh, one of the players. Okay, oh, boy. don't touch that dial. Sports Econ will be one on one. I'll be right back. You know those energy drinks that either taste nasty or have too much sugar and you crash afterwards? Let me tell you about Go Girl. Personally, I love their original sugar-free drink. Yeah, I'm a guy, but it's one of the few drinks i found that give me energy, have no sugar, and the best part, it tastes great. Only 5 calories per can. Most grocery stores carry it. And oh, by the way, it's not expensive. That's Go Girl Energy Drink. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent. So email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. Driven Raceway. It's family fun for all ages. European indoor go-kart racing with speeds up to 45 miles an hour. Open seven days a week in Runner Park and Fairfield. Driven Raceway is perfect for holiday fun and gifts. So lead the pack at Driven Raceway with go-kart racing, private party rooms for special events, birthday parties, great weekly specials, and lots more. Perfect for all your family fun, it's Driven Raceway with two locations, Rona Park and Fairfield. Driven Raceway, the extreme experience. Nobody wants to get ripped off, broken into, or robbed, but nobody wants to pay a lot of money to have their home protected either. I've got an offer to tell you about to provide home security for your home for a simple rate as low as $19.99 a month. For real, with no installation or equipment charges. And this is from a company rated number one by a leading consumer research company. According to the facts, most of you won't even call unless there's a burglary in your neighborhood or something bad happens. So let's give you a reason. Save money. For as low as $19.99 a month with no other costs, you can get your home secured. Plus, get a lifetime equipment replacement warranty. You need protection for your home. Call the Home Security Hotline right now. Call 800-587-4281. 800-587-4281. 800-587-4281. Call now. That's 800-587-4281. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown and Bruce McGowan here. Second trivia question. Where did the sport of curling originate? It had to be somewhere in the northern regions, and I'm going to say, okay. you know, 
For some reason, I'm thinking Ireland or Scotland, but then again, maybe Norway. But I'll I'll try Scotland. Yes. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Scottish Highlands in the north part of Scotland is pretty cold, and you know it's conducive to that kind of you know. For those that don't know what curling is, it's played on a sheet of ice with, uh, I guess they're called stones, and the object is to to move these stones. Yeah, from, you kind of yeah. shuffle them, and then you sweep in front. Sweep in front, which is the the little they throw little bits of ice to kind of make, to make. Uh, I guess it slows down. The stone as it's moving, so they sweep real quickly, and there's a way of sweeping to <laughs> allow the stone to move faster. It's a strange yeah, sport. I mean, it, it is, yeah. Because, yeah. uh, but apparently, it's like really big in Canada. It's and, big in Canada. Yeah. Uh, it's big in Scotland, and I think it might even be big in some of the Scandinavian countries. Would wouldn't surprise me if in Norway and Sweden, they, yeah. they were I, into I it. I just love how they 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 run and they just slide. Yeah. And they slide. <laughs> strange. Know? I mean, it's amazing strange. how really they really get into well, it. Well, you think about a baseball. What a, if if you didn't know anything about American American baseball, yeah. or saw it for the first time, you'd think, "What the heck are these guys well, doing?" I think about cricket or cricket. I still don't understand some. Well, of Well, cricket that. is very similar. To, baseball is kind of an offshoot of cricket, and as a matter of fact, the original baseball that was played in this country was used to be kind of informally known as town ball, and it was sort yeah, of a rounders. variation. Yeah. yeah, rounders. It was kind of a variation of, of cricket, rounders, and baseball. It was sort of a hybrid sport. But baseball, in, in its present state, has only been around. And it sounds like oh, that's a long time, but it's only been around in its present state since pretty much Civil, uh, um, Civil War. Little, yeah. yeah, there were some changes, obviously, um, but since 1900, since professional baseball really became a big deal, 1903, I believe it was, yeah, the first World, World Series, Series yeah. um, it's, it hasn't changed. You yeah. know, It really hasn't changed that much. Well, thing, that's I think it's fascinating is the fact that they built these a lot of these stadiums I mean, now they've you know since burnt down and they got changed but some of the stadiums they built in you know 1890 and, 19, and 1880 and 1901 uh, you know they they fit 60,000 people i mean they really well they, there weren't too many that fit that many but you know they they squeezed 20 25 in there i remember reading about the old uh, new york yankees uh, grounds in west uh, west manhattan i think i can't remember the name what that was called but i think it sat about 25,000 <laughs> and then it burned to the ground. The, the polo grounds, I believe, burned to the ground once or twice because they were just made out of rickety old wood and not like today's stadiums. Uh, you know, people talk about the charm. We grew up in a time where there were still a lot of the old stadiums from the 1920s and 30s that were still around. Forbes Field in Pittsburgh and yeah. Crossley Field in Cincinnati and, you know, the old Bush Stadium in St. Louis. You know, they don't make those parks anymore. They try to sort of retro Take the old idea, put it in a downtown, make it informal, make it comfortable, but also include all the amenities. And I think that's worked out pretty well. And uh, how old was Seal Stadium over here? In Seal like Stadium was built in the right around the dep- early part of the Depression, and it lasted. Uh, it, it was torn down, I believe, in the early '60s, so it wasn't around that long. Not, not that huh. long, maybe thirty years. Yeah, so L- not as long build. as Candlestick. Boy, Candlestick was around for. Sixty years, fifty years, sixty years, yeah. almost. Yeah, because almost from, that was the original from fifty. Well, actually, fifty, fifty-eight. It, yeah. Well, fifty-nine. They started construction. Sixty. The Giants moved in, and seventy-one. The Forty ers moved in, and the Giants moved out at, after ninety-nine, and the Forty ers stayed until twenty thirteen. So um, that that place had a smell though to it. it. Not so much in the summer. In the summer, you'd have the wind and the fog and the cold. In the fall. You would have nicer weather, but the, there was something about the field. If you got any any kind of precipitation, it was almost like you were walking past a swamp or a, an old garbage dump. It really had a stink. Huh. <laughs> but uh, Candlestick was distinctive. I, I miss Candlestick in some respects. I don't miss um, you know the press boxes there. They were crowded. They were uncomfortable. Um, but you know, from a fan standpoint, I think Candlestick, you know, especially in the 
early Giants years when Mays, McCovey, and Marischal were holding court, and it was open, and you could see the bay. It was it was really one of the great uh, ballparks when the weather was nice. Yeah, I was going to say because when the weather, the weather was weather nice, was, yeah. which wasn't very often. <laughs> it's either wind in the in the in the daytime or fog and cold at night. So. All right, so moving on here. Yeah. Uh, the Suns fired Coach Watson after only three games. Now, does that mean that they just had a throwaway coach to begin with? Are they tossing in the towel that early? Does it make the players turn selfish to focus in on their own careers? I, thinking, I think it's a combination of things. And also, it's probably something we know we're not privy to. Um, as I mentioned before we broke uh, away for the commercials, um, they lost their opening night, I believe it was opening night, to Portland in the worst, I think it was a 49-point loss. And then Lonzo Ball, of the, the, the outstanding Laker rookie, goes out and has a, a triple-double in his second game and just torches them, and they lose another one by two. And I don't know if he went off on the players or said something or did something. I get the feeling when you, when you get fired after three games or four, was it three games? Three games, yeah. Something must have happened that we don't know about because I cannot believe that any management would panic that quickly. I think you would at least give a guy half a season. So there had to be something behind yeah, the scenes I mean, we don't and know And just about. You know, having a player tweet, uh, I don't want to be here anymore, shouldn't be the culminating factor of, of okay, we'll get rid of you. Might have been so. You know, the problem today, especially in the NBA, is you, know, you have to deal with these egos. You have to deal with these prickly personalities. And if you have a bad locker room, especially in the NBA, because it's a smaller group of people, you have major problems. That's why the Warriors, I think, are so successful. One of the reasons is that they um, promote a culture of togetherness and inclusion, and it's a real brotherhood, and it's rare. You know, you don't see that in pro sports. You especially don't see that in basketball, and it's, I think it's one of the reasons they've been so successful. Yeah, they, they haven't started off. Uh, well, I think success. a lot of the reason for that is they didn't get much practice in. They were over in China. They were in a different time zone they got home they oh, never got point. back acc- acclimated to the you know they're bouncing all over the place and it's steve kerr admitted the other night they're not i wouldn't worry about that in about a week or two you're going to see them start playing the way they're okay. supposed to be played they'll lose a few more games no big deal you know in the uh, in the 20s uh they had uh, you know babe ruth and all that going overseas to promote the the game of baseball but you know basketball is pretty well known all around the world yeah, nowadays. Yeah. You don't have to go to China. Well, China has is, is become a big uh, proponent, and they love American basketball, and it's it's a great way to promote the sport. Uh, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, but the thing they're already, it's already yeah, been promoted but it's there, it's a it's you know? a it's a money thing, and it's a, it's a fan thing, and you know you're trying to you're trying to build up interest so you can maybe recruit and and you know you bring in guys like Yao Ming right, in the future. Yeah. I mean, you think about basketball more than any other sport, with the expe- exception of soccer. How many places play it? South America, North America, Europe, Western Europe, Eastern Europe, Asia, um, even Australia and New Zealand. Uh, There are very few corners of the the world that don't play basketball. I think India is one of the few countries where basketball is not real popular. And the Middle East, maybe, it's not super popular, but it's played in Israel. It's played in parts of... uh, of the Middle East, so and I'm you know. thinking that soccer is so close to football that they just decide, well, who cares about football? We'll play soccer. Well, soccer it's easier to play. It's easier yeah. to get. The equipment is easier. There's less stress on the body. Uh, you know, it's it's a better conditioning sport. You don't have to be a, a genetic freak to play. You don't have to be <laughs> a specialist to play it. Um, all you have to have is two or three kids and. Uh, you know, a pitch. It's kind of like baseball used to be when we were kids when you go out to the sandlot. And that's the beauty of soccer, I think. Uh, you know, you don't even have to have a good ball. You can have just, a, you know, maybe a, a bunch of rags wrapped up in a, in a bunch <laughs> of tape, you know, and, and fashioned into a, a makeshift soccer ball. So soccer has that. And then, and then soccer has those identifiable personalities, too, whether it's uh, 
Diego Maradona or Pelé or, you know, Neymar or, you know, whatever. I mean, they've got those international personalities that, yeah. that sort of... Uh, In fact, you uh, don't even need a... You really don't even need a net. When we were kids, we would just take our T-shirts off and that, that would be the goal, you know? <laughs> yeah. Couldn't really hit it high so much it wouldn't count. I think, but. sadly, the reason it's not popular, it is popular in this country. It's popular on the grassroots level, and it does have a certain following, and people do like to follow the Premier Leagues. But, you know, it's never going to have the same kind of following it has in Europe or South America because the quality of play. I mean, you don't have the Premier League or the Bundesliga or the Liga, uh, what is the Spanish League. You don't have that. And also... Um, the way this, the game is played with no commercial breaks, the ironic thing is everybody wants a speeded up quick game. Soccer games usually last less than two hours. They're, they're probably the quickest games out there. There's no commercial breaks, so, uh, except for halftime. And that's not conducive to television. <laughs> yeah. and, and also, uh, soccer's not a good sport on television, unless you're a soccer fan. I think it's, mu- it's like hockey. It's much better to see in person. It's one of the sports you really have to see in person to enjoy and appreciate. You got to be pretty close to the field to really enjoy it, though. No, don't you? you don't have to be close to the field. You, you just have to be able to, you know, f- take in and, and be completely surrounded by the experience of it. I think watching mm-hmm. it on television and it's it's not a bad sport, but it's it's just it, it doesn't seem like it's moving very fast. You get to the game and you see how quickly those players are moving, and it's a different story. As, and as long as uh, <laughs> they don't play in South Africa with those crazy horns. Oh yeah, <laughs> not so. It drive so. me crazy. We yeah. uh, used to work out at the gym where the guys were into soccer and oh really and yeah. uh oh, it was just it was so annoying to hear those yeah yeah well everybody's got their noisemakers and i guess in in um japan they have those uh those little plastic things they bang back and forth against oh the, uh, yeah i saw the little league world series yeah. they were doing that oh god now they've brought them over here and it's just so annoying <laughs> So what, what, annoying. In what sport are they doing? In well, they're doing basket, they? basketball. You go to basketball games, and I don't know at the Warrior games in the second half, they hand those things off. What are they made of? They look like little plastic bats, and you bang them back and forth together. And I can't remember what they're called, but they just are so annoying. Don't we have enough noise in this world? Can, yeah. can we have a little bit of quiet? In fact, right. they, they do that sometimes in some of the soccer games where it's like, yeah. today is the you know, quiet day. You're not supposed to root, clap. Yell or anything. No, I, I don't think there's anything with, you know, making, no- but just gr- gratuitously making noise for the sake of making noise. <laughs> if you want quiet, though, go to the beach. That's what I do. You know, go to the beach and the sound of the ocean is, is kind of soothing. But, yeah, uh, no, that's for us. The sound true. of the crowd, there's nothing better than the sound of the crowd. All this piped yeah. in music and sound effects and screaming announcers and DJs and God, it's just so irritating. And it's only been in the last 20 years it's gotten out of hand. All it's arrived with the social media and the internet yeah. and all this stuff that distracts us and yeah. I think kind of also unfortunately I think it dumbs us down because we yeah. don't take the time to think you know it's all quick hits and you know it's like a little kid you know who constantly has to be entertained just I, give, give them all an iPhone so they get uh, distracted that way I'm, I'm uh, sounding and, like an old fuddy <laughs> but I just <laughs> no, I think I that's know, one of the big crazy. problems in our country today is that we spend way too much time on the internet and it's not good for your eyes too a, fr- a friend of mine who's an optometrist says don't spend more than an hour at a time straight in front of a, a computer you're going to pay for it later so if you want to make a sure. good career get into optometry because you're going <laughs> to be a lot of work in the next 20 years available good point yeah. you, know, you mentioned about the noise uh wasn't it vin scully who was very good at being quiet to allow the audience oh, yeah. to hear part of that was he did a lot of television when he did radio that wasn't the case so much but television the the visual kind of took care of it the the pictures took care of it he didn't need to add a lot to that radio it's uh, you know he had to create the verbal 
picture. I think Bill King was probably the best at yeah. at doing that. Bill hated television because Bill was a man of of words, words yeah. and he loved to use the vocabulary and his colorful verbiage. I think educated a lot of us. And I listened to some of his broadcasts today, and I think, why can't announcers sound like that today? Well, a lot of people just don't read. They, they're not oh. curious. They don't want to learn new words. They're not interested in anything outside their own little sort of sphere of influence. And uh, Bill was not that way. Bill was, was the kind of a guy who was fascinated with everything and mm. wanted to know, you know, as, as one door would open and another four or five would be waiting for him to open, and he just couldn't wait to course, see what was behind those with, doors. With a, quote, slower <clears throat> world that we had, it's probably easier to just kind of relax and, yeah. and let the, the game kind of... But you think about it. I remember in the, in the 1960s as a kid, I remember my parents used to decry the fact that the, the 60s were crazy, you know, compared yeah. to what they grew up in and, of course, compared to... What we grew up in in the 60s and 70s today is kind of nutso. So I guess it's all, it's all relative. That's true. No, I, I hear the music <clears throat> today and I say, I don't get it. My dad said the <laughs> well, same I, thing to me. You know? I've tried to embrace rap music, for instance. Hip-hop, I can understand. Hip-hop, some of it I like. But rap, I just, how does it survive? I, well, it's, it's angry urban poetry. That's what it oh, is. Yeah. Is That's, it still surviving, or is it kind of on the down? Yeah, no, it's doing very well. Angry urban poetry. It's, there's a place for it. So, you know, hey. Okay. Well, you know, I, I'd well, rather have people listening to that than, you know, throwing rocks at, at windows or well, whatever. Well, that's true. Yeah. But just don't put it to music. Just if you want to read poetry, you read poetry. <laughs> well, I think a lot of guys do. There was a guy named Gil Scott Heron who used to do that, and he was sort of the first, I think he was one of the first rappers, but he wasn't really a rapper. He'd just have music in the background, and he'd read a poem, but he'd sort of do oh, it. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it was, actually, he was a rapper. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He I, passed I a couple years ago. Uh, that's the definition. Did a, did a famous thing called The Bottle. Uh, I'll never forget okay. that. We'll talk yeah. about that after. Yeah. Okay. Sounds so good. here's our last trivia. <laughs> Question. This on one, here. I don't even know if this is correct. Yeah. The fans of what NFL team call themselves the 125? Hmm. Interesting. I've never, Which, heard that one. I've never heard this one. No. no I, okay. I think it's a mistake. Okay. That's why it's a harder question. Okay. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101. I'll be right back. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client 
it immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no-obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical, and some may not qualify. The consultation is free, and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to the best in investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Fawn of Pacific Private Money. Uh, didn't We already asked our trivia questions. So, uh, Nam, I know that... Uh, in addition to the webinar, you you guys have done live presentations at your office in Novato, and yep. usually get around ten to fifteen people, right? Um, and you usually do it like right after work, and mm-hmm. with traffic and everything, that's got to be really hard for a lot of people to visit you. So, yeah. have you gone to other places? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny because we we've held probably ten or twelve in Novato okay. in the year and a half we've been there. And sometimes people won't even drive from San Rafael, <laughs> which is really sad because <laughs> I'm wondering, you know, I, I'm, I've, I'm earning 1%. I've got 200000 you know, that I'm earning 1% on. You know, maybe I should just drive to Novato and see what's going on and, and I can get earned seven, eight times more. But, you know, it's 20 minutes to get there. I'm not going to make that drive. <laughs> that just drives me crazy. But um, so to accommodate, no, we've had uh, the webinars. So yeah, we okay. have people out of state, uh, all the way from Florida. We have investors really? call in. Okay. Um, participate we had an event in mountain view in september which was very successful so we're looking to do uh and get on the road more um so actually it's a question i would post to uh, our listeners if we were to hold an event uh, where would you like us to to hold it uh, our idea our thoughts for one of the next ones would be um Walnut Creek or perhaps San Ramon, somewhere along the 680. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely open to other ideas. Maybe San Francisco. Okay. We have some investors there. And uh, I've been to your events, and they, you always have, like, good food and drink. Yeah, yeah. So, they're, you know, we're, we're always hosting. We provide, uh, you know, because it's right around dinner time for a lot of people, uh, yep. appetizers and, you know, and drinks and things like that. Um, but uh, I know with the holidays coming up, it's going to be a little bit more problematic. So that's why we did a webinar for this next one. Smart. Not sure yet what we're going to do for um, December, the end of the year, if we're going to do one. Um, but maybe at the very least, we do a webinar. Uh, and then in January, we have 
our fun uh, dinner for our investors. Oh, yes, that's right. Um, the big gala. Yeah, the big gala at Spinnaker on January 25th. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. Mm-hmm.